Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroixy and debuting on the show from the Modern Macho. I have the founder. Your name? Juan Carlos. All right, Juan Carlos. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I think I probably would have butchered that name. (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks for having me. So listen, do you just want to throw out the name again for of the podcast to our listeners? Yeah, the podcast is The Modern Macho. Okay. And how did that come to be? Yeah, so that started, uh, it was a project during the pandemic. Uh, My best friend and I, um, you know, going through, um, I think, a transition in our lives where we got stuck at home. So I started realizing that I was, it was one thing to be alone and it was another thing to feel lonely. And so I think when I took all the distractions away, I was sitting at home having no choice. And I thought, oh, wow, like I'm really not good at this. I really can't do this. I started going to therapy and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a tradesman, so I'm an electrician. So I'm, I'm surrounded about a lot of men that do a lot of quote unquote manly things. Right. And so um, but I was I was at a point, like I said, where I think I was starting to see things differently. I wanted to break some cycles. I was questioning a lot of the things that I was doing, and I felt like I was trying to fit into a mold more than I was really trying to be the best version of myself. And so when I started going to therapy, it really opened my eyes to like, whoa, there's more of us out there. And I think one of the things that I felt wasn't really being seen was the cultural awareness that's tied to it, right? Because it's very easy to say, well, as men, we have to say to each other that we love each other and and be nice. And I'm like, that makes sense on paper. But in my world, that makes no sense, right? And so as I started having more of these conversations with my friends, I'm like, well, we should make a podcast and just document the journey. Like, let's talk about the things that we're learning as we're learning them. And then hopefully other men can resonate. I mean, over 70% of suicides are are from men. And so my thing is, is whatever we're doing isn't working. So if we can just expose the conversation and hopefully break some of those stigmas and resonate with somebody and give someone some hope and plant a seed into the things that they believe and it helps, hey, let's do it. And so, yeah, my best friend and I reached out to him. He's like, dude, I'm down. And uh, here we are. Did we break some of that stigma you feel in the pandemic? What were the struggles you found men went through in the pandemic? Oh, man, that's a great question. So I think one of the biggest struggles is, um, I think, really embracing what we were feeling in those times. Um, I think it's something that we still see today. Um, I was very good about being numb and not actually embracing what I was feeling and practicing. The The analogy that I always like to use is is kind of like going to the gym, right? We all wanted it. We all wanted it to have the capability of being able to lift heavy, but we were going into the, to the gym for the first time or if ever expecting to be good at it and it takes a lot of reps it takes a lot of practice and some days it's hard some days we go in there super motivated um there are days where we don't even want to show up but we do regardless right and so it's required a lot of discipline um and i think what's been more powerful than the work itself has been the community that we've been able to build because Mm -hmm. i think as we've all started to resonate with each other it's given that that peace of mind of whoa i'm not going through this alone we are all trying to figure this out because it's a very challenging very scary and a very uh uncomfortable journey at times right 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 and covid we remember three to two years ago everybody was locked in the house you couldn't go anywhere you know what i'm saying so that community must have what do you call it you know must have uplifted people right having modern macho podcasts right yeah absolutely man absolutely and on top of the podcast you know we started doing uh we called them social hours and so every week we would just we would meet up and on a zoom call and there would be a group of us and we would just open the floor for discussion right and any opinion was valid it was a very respectful space where it was hey if we don't talk about it we can't 
you know, uh, move forward. We can't help each other out if we're not having the conversations. And I think nine times out of 10, that's what it is. And, you know, when, when we all started looking back at our upbringings and we're like, well, who modeled for us healthy communication? And nobody raised their hands. And I'm like, well, this makes sense. This is why we don't know how to do a lot of these things. So now that we acknowledge that, let's figure out how we can start to learn better ways of communicating. Mm -hmm. And how do we learn healthy communication? Talk to us. Because there are men that don't know how to communicate. And we're yeah. talking about men here, listeners. We know there's some women that don't know how to communicate either. But this is about the men today, okay? No, and I love that you bring that up because it's, you know, I, I always say it too. There's there's bad apples everywhere, you know? And, and um I have a lot of love for everyone and our, our focus here is is with men and really anyone that resonates with our platform right um and so one of the things that has really helped has been able to do a lot of active listening right which is being able to focus on the facts when someone's expressing something to us being able to focus on what they're feeling right sometimes it can be difficult to express that so i'm listening to to donovan and maybe donovan's like oh, you know i went through some stuff and, and so i'm like okay cool i can sense some some frustration or maybe he's uh, uh, angry, he's upset, he's sad, he's feeling tired, whatever, right? And so being able to pay attention to those things, um, showing up to the conversations with empathy, right? Which is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. And I think one of the biggest things with that too is being able to give that feedback right back to them, right? And I can use, for example, like my son as an example and, and him saying, hey, dad, you know, I really hate my teacher because she gave me a D and she's dumb, you know? And being able to flip that into, oh, I can see that you didn't get a good grade and that really frustrates you and it does two things one it says i'm listening to what you're telling me right now and two it also allows for more conversation right it starts to build that trust of oh you really are paying attention you really are listening to me and so and i'm sure i've got a lot of men that are probably listening that are going eh, and i'm going to be honest with you the question is who did that for us and a lot of times we were finding nobody. So that's why it's difficult. I also think that a lot of times we're expected to empathize and to listen to others when a lot of us have never been heard. And that was me. I had a lot of resentment. I had a lot of anger. And so when I went to therapy, that's when I started realizing, whoa, I'm trying to show up for everyone, but I don't show up for myself. And I wasn't brought up to prioritize that. So it's really hard to have an open mind and an open heart when I'm not giving any of that love for me. Right, right, right. Now talk to the men. Some men listening right now thinking therapy is not good. What are you talking about? I don't want nobody projecting what my issues are when they have issues. They have that, you know, bias about therapists. I don't want no one, you know, telling me I'm wrong. Who is she or he to tell me I'm wrong? Oof, man, I, I, I would say to you that I that I hear you and that I actually I really resonate with that. You know, I um for me therapy was for crazy people therapy was for the weenies for the not strong the ones that couldn't hold their own and um to tell you the truth if i could share a little bit about when i first started going to therapy i actually was hiding it from my own family because i didn't want them thinking that it was that i was crazy or that i was trying to take my own life and so i would actually have my dad help me uh, watch I, i'm a father of, of an eight-year-old boy and so i would have my my dad actually help me with my son but i would tell him that i was going to work on the weekends Right? I see just, you lied. That just goes, I'm telling you, brother, like that just goes to show how deeply ingrained that fear was that I was like, and it's so sad that even with my own family, I couldn't have that level of trust. Right. And so um, it, it, it took a lot. So I, I would say to you that, that I hear you, that I think it's very valid because those thoughts came from somewhere. Right. Why? I, I would I would I would invite you to ask why? Why does it make you weak? Who has told you these things? Who has told you that you're not man enough if you reach out for help? 
who has told you that you're not man enough if you say you're not capable of doing something, but you're willing to learn? Mm-hmm. Right? And then we start dismantling those things, and then we realize, oh, we've we've socially constructed all of these ideas, right? And I, I think that we've fallen victims to the ideas, and so we cannot be blamed for that. However, we need to hold each other accountable to understand that we are agreeing to those beliefs. Right. Right. And it's okay to cry, men. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk to another brother to say, you know what? I'm feeling suicidal or I'm feeling depressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of bravery to do that. You know, Um, I I always tell the dads that I work with, I said, you know, we want our our kids, we want our our family, we want everybody to be tough. And, And I still believe that. It just looks very different. I think it takes a lot of bravery to be vulnerable. It takes a lot to say, hey, help me. So again, I think a lot of this, and, and that's a big part of why we decided to to name this platform, The Modern Macho, is that we're not creating anything new. It's really redefining what we've been told we were supposed to believe into something that actually helps us get closer to ourselves and also build connection with the people around us and in our village. Right, right, right. Now, what is masculinity? Because This is where we're going to ruffle some feathers here because there's many different definitions of what masculinity is. What is masculinity to you? Yeah, I love that. So to me, to me, it's it's um, being a lifelong learner, right? It's being a provider. And what I mean is showing up not just as a wallet, which is what I was expected to do, but really showing up emotionally, um, financially and spiritually. Right. Um, I, I can't help but think about how many times I was so caught up on trying to bring money home when all my son needed was 10 minutes of me to listen to his day. Right. And so when I think of all these things, I, I think for me, it's really being willing to learn, being OK with accepting that I don't know everything, being understanding of the fact that as a leader that I am and that I want to show up for as my family, I can model what it's like to make mistakes. I can model what it's like to hold myself accountable, to forgive to ask for forgiveness, right? To be vulnerable. Um, and again, for me, it's 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 really about willingness. Mm-hmm. And that accountability, right? So that self-awareness and accountability fall into play, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of accountability that comes with it. I think one of the hardest things that I had to really accept at the beginning of my journey with therapy was that there was going to be consequences. There was people that unfortunately I've hurt, people that I love, people that I've that have decided to to move forward with their lives without me, right? Partners that I'm like, man, once I started digging into what I was doing, man, it was, I had to forgive myself for a lot of things because it was not cool. It was not good. And so I, I, I had to also acknowledge I didn't know better, right? I didn't have the tools that I do now. So does that make it okay? Absolutely not. There was consequences to my actions. And now moving forward with the tools that I have, I can allow myself to not make those same mistakes. Right, right, right. Now talk about the tools. Let's dive into the tools more in case men will say, well, how do I develop this self-awareness? How do I have developed this accountability? Sure. It's a great question. So I think the biggest thing that comes with tools is it comes down to identity. Okay. If, if I was to tell you, Donovan, I'm going to give you the best workouts right now to make you a professional soccer player, but you want to be a football player, it's not going to work. So I think it really comes down to what is it that we want for ourselves, right? What do we want to be within our villages? And then once you start there, then you can start to put all these pieces together. I think the biggest thing that has helped me has been, uh, I've been recently diving in more into like breath work, right? I did a Reiki cleanse. I've worked with uh, 
um, the Instagram handle is actually Healing Connections. And so what they do is they put together these wellness workshops and we've collaborated on putting one together for men. And I, I basically said, look, guys, I've never done this. I didn't grow up with any of this stuff. This stuff to me was corny growing up. And this was very feminine, right? This was very like, ooh, we don't do this kind of stuff. I said, um, but let's try it. And if you're down, let's go in there. I know the ver like a lot of it intimidates me, but I'm, I'm willing. And so we put a bunch of dudes in a room and we're like, let's just breathe and see what happens. <laughs> and it has helped a lot because I've realized that our body stores a lot of what I feel. And I don't ever get an opportunity to release it. And when I do, unfortunately, Donovan, I was going from zero to 100. Real quick, of, right? <laughs> oh, man, so quick. And, and it was... It was harmful for me because at the end of the day, I wasn't necessarily getting any, anything that I wanted or that I needed. And I was also not getting any closer to the people around me. So nobody was winning, right? So being able to understand even now as a father, I have to understand that I don't always have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example for, you know, telling my son to hop in the shower. Well, you know, it's time to hop in the shower. And he says, okay. And then he says, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that, I mean, every person that I talk to goes, ooh. And I'm like, I hear you. I hear you 100% because when I look back at how I was brought up, had I done that, oh, man, I don't even want to get into how I that know. turned into a long <laughs> night, <laughs> right? <laughs> With so, that belt. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so what I had to learn, though, was the big picture is helping my son take care of himself and his hygiene, which is the shower. The <laughs> is him processing his emotions, which is very similar to how much sometimes I grunt in the mornings because I don't want to get up to go to work. Mm -hmm. So now I, I think I've shifted the mindset to understand that I think how cool that at eight years old, as a father, I can allow my son to start practicing how to handle his emotions instead of feeling like I need to shut that down and, and, and think that he's disrespecting me because he's not. He, he's not even thinking about me. All he's thinking about is, oh, I don't want to shower right now, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes even just taking a second to validate that and say like, I hear you, Papa. Yeah, I know you have to hop in this, right? That active listening again. And sometimes that's all we need, Donovan. We just need to know that we're that someone's listening to us. We don't always need the answers. And I've been very guilty of that too. As a provider, you tell me you have a bad day and I'm already trying to figure out how to solve your day and how I can flip the world upside down to make things happen for you without realizing, whoa, all I need to do for 30 seconds is just listen to what you're telling me. Yes, we got to stop acting like we have all the answers. <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. And like I said, man, if you're listening and you're catching on to all this stuff, don't feel ashamed about it because I was there and I get it. I totally understand. And if anything, I champion the fact that you're catching on to it. And now you're like, cool, let's do something different. Let's figure it out. We can figure it out together, right? Absolutely. This isn't something that we need to be doing alone. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, We've been in spaces that have either taken advantage of us and that could really be for support. I mean, it could even be relationships. And so it's always hard to have to go back in and be vulnerable. You know, it, this is going into relationships for a second. This is what I tell my, my, my buddies all the time. It's like, well, women are this, right? Men are this. And I go, well, I think it's, it's a very fair and valid point. However, there's 8 billion people in this world. There is no way you've dated every single woman out there. So no. I think what we really mean sometimes is in our experiences, We've dealt with a certain type of, of man or a certain type of woman or a certain type of individual that identifies with however they might identify, right? And and what I'm getting to, to that is like, so at some point, we also have to reflect and say, okay, cool. We owe it to ourselves to heal because if we had one, two, even 50 bad experiences with partners, we can't 
decide not to ever have an open mind again and an open heart and love because of those experiences. Let's look at what we've controlled in those situations and what we can change so that we can leave, we can have a much more peaceful life and be the most authentic and best versions of ourselves. Right, right, right. And sometimes it's not always them who's the problem. Sometimes we have to look at us. It's easy for me to point the finger at Mary, Joan, Susan, Tommy, and Ian, but I have to look at myself. Am I correct? Easy, Donovan. You're going to lose it on listeners, man. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you, you know, yeah, I'll be the first one to admit you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to do. And I think my what I believe is that I, I think a lot of us have a hard time holding ourselves accountable because nobody held us accountable with love. We were mm. shamed into change. And so to think of saying, hey, you know what? I made a mistake is a very difficult thing to have to do now, right? The beautiful thing that I could tell you now is the more that I've owned my mistakes, Donovan, and the more I see men own their own mistakes, nobody else gets to. Right, right, right. So what co- upcoming topics do we have for the podcast or past topics have we explored that you think men need to know today? Oh, man, there's a lot of great things that we've talked about. Um, right now, we are actually we've taken a little break. My best friend and I have decided uh, to part ways. He's he's now my my guru behind the scenes. And I'm going to be bringing the podcast up next year, actually, by myself, putting some stuff together. Uh, but a lot of the conversations that we've been having lately have been uh, with therapist really trying to break down the stigma of oh you're a therapist like yep they're humans just like us they they get it and they're professionals just like a coach is good at what he does not all of them right but they're good at what they do but they're human too right and so they understand that so we really try to break down that barrier you know we talk everything from again from masculinity we talk about relationships uh we have some we've talked about parenting and spanking i've i am always open about the fact that when my son was a lot younger i i would spank my kid and i would also tell myself that I turned out fine right and then I started realizing well no like that's not okay um we've talked about homophobia right and again it's a difficult conversation to have and I also want to validate that with cancel culture being such a present thing it can be very very scary sometimes and uncomfortable to admit some of this stuff you know and so we really try to dive in and say hey you know what I realized that I grew up around a lot of homophobia it was very normal and I've even subscribe to it and i did a lot of things and said a lot of things when i was younger that i look back and go wow what does that even mean like how was i questioning everything over the color of my shirt and i was also telling other people that everything was going to change for them based off of that this doesn't make sense and so but we go into it like i mentioned earlier saying hey i didn't necessarily choose to grow up with these beliefs within my home but i now do have a have a responsibility for myself and can hold myself accountable realizing that I decide to subscribe to them. And I don't want to subscribe to those things anymore. Right, right, right. And it was ingrained in us, right? Oh, These things sure. were taught, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'll go as far as even the thought of my son ever having a, any open conversation about sexuality or anything like that. And I was like, whoa, never. I, no, we're not. it's not happening. And then I realized at some point I'm going to lose that control. And when I sat back, and this is my personal experience, right, which I know is different for everyone, but I realized... What am I really afraid of? Well, what I'm actually really afraid of is what are my friends going to think of me? What is my family going to think of me? And and why would they even question me based on my son's sexuality? And then mm. I started realizing maybe I need new friends. <laughs> maybe I need to start, you know what I mean? Like, which again, I think the the 
I think that the challenges that we're facing are are very, very valid and should be addressed. I think because we lack the tools or sometimes don't ask that extra question, we tend to we tend to lean on the only things that we know how to. Right. right. And I think that's where spanking even came into play for me, which is, of course, I care about my kid. Of course, I'm afraid that he's he's not going to want to be driven, that he's not going to have any type of structure in his life. And so but because I didn't know better, I thought spanking him was going to do it. And I realized, you know what, this is how I was brought up. And I was brought up in a world with a lot of adversity and, and my parents tried to prepare me for it by being the adversary, the adversity, you know. And so I'm like, well, this, and I'm like, well, I'm at a point where I realized I had to sink or swim because I was thrown in the deep end. But I now have a privilege that I can jump into the pool with my son and we can swim together. And while he's learning how to swim, we're getting to spend a lot of quality time because I don't want to wait until he's a lot older and he has kids for us to try to be, rebuild a relationship, right? And so that's usually, that's why, that's why I'm so passionate about this, Donovan, is because I think that we're doing so much for ourselves. We're working so hard. We're doing everything that we can, and we're not necessarily getting the results, and we're frustrating ourselves. And so it's like, hey, we can actually put half that effort more efficiently, and things would be a lot better for us. And so really starting that snowball effect of trying to help other men, having them help their brothers, and it's like, hey, you know, I think there's going to be where I would love for us to be, I think I'll be dead before I ever see it, but I've made peace with that and I'm okay with that. Because I think as long as we're headed in the right direction, we're doing something good. Right, 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 right. Now, what's your message to those parents that do spank their kids and they're saying, nope, nothing wrong with it. It's in the Bible. I'm allowed to beat the little box side. I'm allowed yeah. to spank them and I'm allowed to give them a little one, two, one, two. I, lo I love the Bible uh, reference. What is it? He who spares the rod spoils uh, the child spoils and then the a box side i say what do you call it, for my background because i got a little one two on my box side <laughs> yeah no and, and i i will say this how could i okay I, i'll say this i think that there's there's a nurturing way to raise our children i mean first of all i think that's very valid i think i think that we can also interpret it as we'd like you know for for me um sparing the rod meaning i won't love my child to me as a shepherd the rod is used to guide so I interpret that as if I'm not guiding, then I'm not doing my job as a father to love my child. I don't think it's a literal, if I don't hit him, I don't, you know what I mean? That's my interpretation of that. And I'm aware that everyone's going to kind of have their own interpretation of it, right? And so I will say that spanking your children works, you know, and, and you can go ahead and clip that and post it everywhere if you'd like, because I do think that it, I know, I know that it works. At what cost is the concern, right? We're talking about power over our kids, which creates an environment of fear, which gives you blind obedience. Now, I can tell you for myself, the spanking worked and I did what I had to do, but I never learned accountability about what happens if I spill a glass of water and how to clean that up. I just knew don't spill that glass of water because something bad's really going to happen, right? And so it was a very fear type of environment where when you give power, when you give power to your kids, right? When you allow them to have, you encourage them, you give them love, you show up for them. You show up with an open heart. You uh, you hold space for them. What you do is you create a lot of, you build up their self-esteem, which at the end of the day creates self-discipline, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is they are consciously making those decisions, not making them because you are telling them. So what I will say to my parents that are, it's making sense what I'm saying, and maybe they're realizing, oh, shoot, my kids are doing what I tell them to, but because I say, not because they're consciously making the decision i will say that it's a very valid thing because when we look back it's hard to see those type of results when we never got that kind of love 
Right, right, right. And I think some people are scared. If I don't spank them, then I'm going to look like they're having the control. Absolutely. And that's such a good point, right? Like, and sometimes that's where we where we focus more on what we're feeling and less on what we're thinking, right? Because Donovan, you bring up a great point, which is I'm going to think I'm scared, man, I've gone so down so many rabbit holes based on that fear thinking that my son was going to do nothing with his life, that was going to turn into a drug addict, that was going to... like I could go on forever about all the thoughts that were coming up to me, right? Where when I focused on how I felt, I can just go, I just feel scared. I feel scared for my kid. And you know what? It's a very valid thing. I've I've found that the, the most rewarding thing with therapy and with finding good support groups has been being able to allow both of those things to coexist that I can have my moment to say I'm afraid as a parent and I don't have to let that be at the forefront of what my child actually needs, right? Because I I was trying to give my child what I would have wanted when it was nothing of what he needed, you know? Right, right, right. And what do you want to say now to toxic masculinity? Because there are men that are listening from all different backgrounds saying, no, I have to be toxic masculinity. I'm not going to be comfortable with another man hugging me or touching me. I don't want that. And I will not accept homosexuality. What's your thoughts to that? Again, I think it's very valid as a tradesman myself. I mean, I'm surrounded by, by men that I was completely, again, again, subscribing to all of this. So I think it's very uncomfortable. We've been brought up to reject love. I mean, even something simple is like, hey, you know, what are you doing for your birthday, Carlos? Ah, it's just another day. And it was like, wow, we, we haven't sat back and thought about how we've been programmed at a very young age to reject love. We don't even know how to accept it, right? But have a couple beers and all of a sudden we're being vulnerable with each other, right? So I think what I would say is is that I think it's valid. I think that masculinity is not a bad thing. We need it, right? And we want it. And if it's a big part of us, how can you take away something that's such a huge part of our identity? It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Um, And so I think it's looking at it and redefining it. See what are the things that we want from it that are good, that we want to hold on to. See what we want to get rid of that hasn't helped us or we have found to be harmful for ourselves and the people around us. And then figure out what new things we want to incorporate into. And, And I love what you asked earlier about the masculinity because while there might be some similarities in, in our answers, at the end of the day, it's what you want it to be, right? And and at the end of the day, I, I, we all just want to be loved and we all want to be heard. And it looks differently for everybody, right? But it's really having to sit with yourself for a second and figuring out, hey, what do I want to hold on to? What do I not? Because I think a lot of times we get very defensive because we think we're being attacked. And it comes a very binary thing of either it's toxic masculinity or no masculinity, right? Yeah. And that's not the case. It's say, hey, we're, 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 masculinity is beautiful, man. Don't mm-hmm. lose yourself. Don't necessarily lose yourself. It's not about losing ourselves. It's about growing ourselves, it's about really maturing and putting ourselves in a better place, right? And so <laughs> it's all about really giving. I give flowers to men that are even willing to have these conversations because I think that it's still so fresh for a lot of us that it's hard to even trust the process. And I will tell you right now, Donovan, I've, I've been in my own journey for the last three years and I still have moments, even as a father, as a man, where I'm like, eh, I know I read this is good, but like, is it really like, I kind of just want to go back to my old ways, right? Like I just want to resort to putting power over my kids. So it's the way I see it is scars are not meant to disappear. You know, they're meant to heal. And so those parts of me are always going to be with me. I just look at them from a very different perspective now. And I feel very, very grateful to have a lot of support, you know, here with the community to have my own group of, of, of friends that are on the same journey trying to break their own cycles and and not only encourage me, but I'm also able to hold space for them. So 
just a lot of things that I, I, I'm always and constantly remind myself that I'm grateful for and help push me that extra edge tomorrow so I can just get 1% better every day. All right. And like, again, there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable with other men, listeners. There's nothing wrong with, you know, breaking bread with another man. There's nothing wrong with, you know, patting a man on the back saying, you know, we got this, you know, I'm here for you. Right. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this. Part of it is also understanding that not everyone's going to listen. And there's been a lot of beauty in that because I've been able to find the people that do, mm -hmm. you know, like the, you. the results aren't guaranteed, man. <laughs> I wish I could say, hey, hey, go out there, bro. And just tomorrow, tell people that you feel sad and it's going to be great. It's not. It's sometimes it sucks. And sometimes there are people that are just like that, that still subscribe to these things. that go, oh, Donovan, you're not enough. You're sad. You're being vulnerable. Right. And then I, I, but what's interesting is that now I've gone to a point and I've, I've, I've talked to enough men that we've gone to a point where when we do that, we're not dependent on what someone else says, but we can acknowledge when someone isn't able to hold space and I can set my boundaries and be like, Oh, okay. This isn't necessarily the healthiest environment for me. And I can catch that. So there's a lot of risks that come with it, but it's so beautiful on the other side of it. So definitely give yourself grace. I think there's a lot of things that need to be reflected on that this all comes from somewhere. So to think that it happens overnight uh, definitely doesn't. Um, so yeah, definitely constant reminders to give yourself grace as you're trying to challenge and get uncomfortable with your growth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, there's nothing wrong patting each other on the back, touching each other appropriately and saying, I love you, brother. I love you. We're going to get through this together, right? Yes. Shout out to my guy, DJ, man. He's a, one of the, he's, he's a total BA man. And this guy's a beast. And every time I see him and uh, we always give each other a hard time because I'm like, if I don't get a, if I don't give him a good hug, I get a hard time for it. I mean, it, it turns into a, a thing where, they, you know, there's banter involved in everything. And so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong. And if anything, like I said, I think I think we we need more of it. We need to understand that it's important. Hug your boys, you know, hug your kids, man. Give them love. Teach your boys what it's like to be okay to be vulnerable and to still be, you know, working towards emotional intelligence. Right, right, right. And teach your boys how to stand up to themselves, to those high school bullies too, yeah. right? And, and, yeah, and, and what that looks like, right? Because I know for me, I wanted to go and beat up all these kids at school and I realized I can't really do that. No. So how, how do I model that? I teach them how to speak up for himself. I teach them how to set boundaries. I teach them how to kind of start to understand who are the people that listen to him and who, who don't because I can't pick his friends for him, unfortunately. Again, it's giving him as much power as possible so that he makes those choices. It's hard, man. Sometimes at home, I'm like, nope, I'm just going to call the school and I'm going to try to find these kids and do the work myself. You know, <laughs> it's my son, man. I'm protective, but it's valid. Both of those things can definitely coexist. All right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms and the podcast? Absolutely. You can find us on Spotify, on YouTube, um, The Modern Macho. Um, we do some of those episodes live as well. You can find us on Instagram at The Modern Macho. Um, and you can also go on themodernmacho.com. You can find all of our information in there. Um, hey, if any of this resonates with you, um, if you need resources, if you want to be pointed in the right direction, I am not the professional, but I'm more than happy to help open that that door for you. So don't hesitate to shoot an email, shoot a DM. Um, and again, once a month, every second Friday of the month, we do virtual uh, social hours from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time. So any gentleman that wants to come through, pour yourself a drink if you have to, if it makes you feel comfortable. And let's just chat. Let's start the conversation. And that's every other Friday on social media or in person. That's uh, in person. It's a it's a Zoom link. It's actually the second Friday of every month. Okay, I definitely should sit in on that. Why not? Right? Come through. Absolutely, <laughs> come through. Come through. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. 
All right. Any five second things you'd love to tell Met Radio Toronto? Oh, man. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, keep up the great work that you're doing, Donovan. I appreciate you um, sending everyone tons and tons of love. And I really appreciate the fact that you guys are able to have me. So thank you. Lots of flowers and uh, keep up the great work, man. All right. All right. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroixy. I would love to thank the founder of the Modern Macho. You can throw out your name again. Juan Carlos. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode.